So have you ever failed at anything? No. No. What's it like? I'm not so sure. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. You are listening to Igniter. I don't know, man. Talking about your own failures, uh, wow. You go first. Well, I guess it's actually probably first worth mentioning that we were going to talk about a little bit more than that. We were going to get into unpacking, kind of dealing with that fear of failure and rejection. But then you really kind of started pointing out the fact that those are two very different things. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover. I mean, they're definitely really similar, but... um, I think kind of when we said, you know, a, a good topic for the show, because we we have had conversations with so many people who have brought, I mean, it seems like no matter what, somebody says, I'm a- afraid of flopping. And we sort of said, oh, well, let's, let's explore the fear of failure slash rejection. And in thinking about that, I was struck by this um, idea that... I think of them as different things because failure to me is not achieving the thing that you set out to achieve. So you say to yourself, I'm going to write this book or I'm going to carve this sculpture or I'm going to make this automobile or something like that. And then you just don't. That's you failed to achieve it. Sure. Whereas rejection would mean that you made the car, but nobody likes it, you know, or you wrote the book and you got panned by everyone and it didn't sell any copies or, you know, um, So I would say to people who are putting the two together, um, which do you think you're more afraid of the failing or actually achieving it and it not being appreciated? Absolutely. You know, when, when I first thought about them, I think the thing that makes me largely combine them is not necessarily um, at the end of the path, maybe, as you were saying, you know, I, at the end of the path, I think that, that the failure and the rejection are two vastly different things. Like you said, like that end result. Um, when we first started looking at the topic, the fear of, I clump those together very easily because I think at the beginning of the path, we can be scared of either of those happening oh, yeah. and that fear manifests itself in a lot of the same ways. Um, I had mentioned, you know, before this idea of nature versus nurture for me, I kind of look at even at the end of the path, if you fail, that is what I put on this nature side because you actually experienced that you actually, you know, did work on that book or whatever, and then didn't accomplish it or didn't succeed in getting it, uh, placed somewhere on the other side, the nurture side, which is really, uh, um, deeply, um, it's more social. Well, like on the nurture side, I see it as not necessarily being, that's, that's where the, the, um, all of the things that life has, given you that have built you up to be scared of that before you've gotten to the end of the path. So, you know, thinking about in my own life, like my own childhood, there, there was often this encouragement to be very careful because you probably are going to fail. 
or you probably are going to be rejected. You know, right, you don't right. want to you don't want to put yourself out there too far. You don't want to stick out, be too weird, do something that maybe yeah. people would um, notice you for. And that's a sort of fear that can stop you from even trying in the first place. Sure. Don't be the tall poppy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a reasonable fear. It's actually I think that's it's hard to talk people down from that because it's real. <laughs> so the question is maybe not, um, how do you not have fear of failure, but just what's the technique for wrestling with it? You know, for sure. I, I think anybody who's accomplished anything will say that the fear was there at times. Sure. Um, but, uh, I, th I think there's, there's a healthy side of it where you are, you have that fear, um, because it is truly a scary thing that you're doing rather yeah. than that kind of, like I said, that nurture side, that fear having been embedded in you by family or other people from the yeah. get go, which like I said, can set you up to just not even try in the first place. But yeah, I think that I had run across one time someone talking about the idea of taking the jitters that you have when you're fearful of this thing, when you have anxiety about this thing you're setting on and trying to, take those exact same jitters and instead reframe them as excitement because yeah, the yeah. physical manifestation of both of those things is exactly the same. Yeah. Whether you're scared about what's around the corner or you're excited it's about the thing you're ready to do, your sort of. body is vibrating and jittery yeah. all in the exact same way. So it's a matter of mentally kind of reframing it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, there was a quote that I found, I was, you know, Googling around for, uh, things about, fear of failure. And, um, I, I, I'm a big fan of Paulo Coelho, the author. Um, and he said, uh, there's only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve. And that's the fear of failing. And I thought, Oh, well, that's, that's a great example of that bundling, failing and rejection together, because you can just feel in how he says it, that that's sort of both like that. You're afraid that it's either you will do it but it won't be liked <laughs> or you will just fail to do it. Um, and I think that was sort of where I started running into this kind of what's the, you know, part of this is what are people going to think? And part of this is like the anxiety that, that anxiety of uh, will this work or not is some of it's very internal and some of it's very external in terms of where it's coming from. Um, I heard a, really uh, funny conversation with Bill Hader, uh, who was talking about his experience on Saturday Night Live, and he had really like paralyzing anxiety, he would have panic attacks and you know, um, and one of the techniques that he has adopted uh, is to flop early. So he would go out to do a scene and just completely purposefully deliver the wrong line or choke, you know, hard just to get it out of the way. And then he'd be like, okay, I failed. <laughs> Everyone laughed at me. I'm still breathing. It's okay. And then he'd be able to kind of move forward through the scene. And I thought, uh, well, now that's a really, I don't know if I've ever heard somebody use that particular tool to get past anxiety. You know, um, like it's, it's almost the ultimate in just confronting your fear head on and just manifesting it yourself. Just saying like, I'm going to walk out on stage and fall over just so that it's out of the way <laughs> and I can move on 
not afraid of falling over, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So you and I have both undertaken quite a few different creative processes and projects over the years. Um, give an example of a situation where you feel like you've failed. If we're kind of going to focus this episode a little bit on the oh, failure man. side of things. Well, um, I, I mean, I've, I have failed innumerable times. I can't, I'm, especially as I get older, I mean, I think you just stop counting because, you know, uh, I remember, um, a particularly, uh, powerful and, and shaping, uh, epic failure, um, was, uh, when I was very young, um, I had really horrendous stage fright. I was just absolutely petrified. I mean, I always sat in the back of the class. I never wanted to, you know, just the idea that anybody would see me was terrifying. And, uh, and I, but I loved, um, stagecraft. I loved building sets. I loved lighting. I loved uh, all of the things around theater that were not being on stage at all. I was I loved the idea of being a director or something like that. And in order to study stagecraft at my uh, middle school, um, you had to do, you had to act. It was like you couldn't get out of it. And I was desperately terrified of the whole idea that I had to act. And, uh, but, but I made myself do it. And the first, we were doing Fiddler on the Roof, and I was cast as the uh, Russian soldier that uh, when Tevya announces that his daughter is going to get married, this Russian soldier bursts out into song. And I told the director at my school, there's no way I can do it. There's, that's, there's no way. And he was like, no, you'll be fine. Just didn't hear it. And uh, all the way through rehearsals, I mean, I couldn't do it. I, I was just, you know, too panicky. I couldn't breathe. Like I would just like shoot sweat and they'd say, well, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And, uh, <laughs> and the night of, we had a full house of parents and family members. And uh, I sat there just pale as a ghost and terrified turning green. Um, and the moment came when Tevya made the announcement and the lights went out and there was a spotlight on me and I was supposed to sing and I completely couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. And the rest of the cast just sort of like got around me and started singing my song for me. And I mean, I could hear people were laughing and you know, it was, it was the disaster that I was afraid of. It was everything that I was terrified might happen. And when that whole thing was over, uh, you know, my, uh, my family was like, well, you know, better luck next time. And I was back in school walking down the aisle and nobody was, you know, throwing things at me or whatever. It just, life moved on. Nobody really cared. You know, it was like, remember that funny thing that happened that one time. And, uh, I have to say that it, it, it viscerally just removed from me, the fear that I would go out and completely choke. It just went away because I was like, well, I've done that. And the earth kept turning. <laughs> My heart kept beating. It wasn't, you know, I, I don't know that anybody even remembers that happening except me. I mean, now I've told the story. So, but, but yeah. So that would be for me a great example of where just epic failure turned out to be a pretty good thing in the long run. That's awesome. I, 
cannot remember what grade I was in, but probably early middle school, I was running some track and I was short. Who am I kidding? I'm still short and skinny. <laughs> but uh, I was a sprinter. You know, I could just take off like a bat out of hell and win these short little sprints. And it was great. And I don't recall how this ever happened. Who thought this was a good idea? I don't remember thinking it was a good idea. I can't imagine my coach thought it was a good idea. But somehow one day I got signed up for a long distance race, a few miles, not, not sure how far. And it was going to be indoors. It was this um, huge round building with just a kind of a perfect circle track. And all I remember was getting there and taking off and immediately leading everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, yeah, you see it coming. Oh boy! And uh, man, I was before I knew it, I was lapping people, and I lapped some people again, and it was just I could not believe how fast I was. That I was faster <laughs> than all of these people, and slowly but surely, I didn't think I was going any slower, but slowly but surely, uh, a few people started passing me, and I got lapped again and again and again, and all I remember was at some point coming around the circle, not having any clue how much longer I had left. And I saw the big open barn door on this building and I ran past people out the barn door, down the sidewalk, onto the bus and sat in the back, probably bawling my eyes out. Wow. Um, And it was horrible. Uh, Again, I I don't, I definitely was not prepared for that sort of a race. So again, I don't remember who thought that was a smart idea, but exactly as you said, one thing I learned from that was, Right now, I don't think anyone else in school will would ever be able to, you know, remark on that and remember that that happened. Right. But uh, it definitely set the stage for some of that going like, oh, I don't matter as much to other people as I think that I do. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it is it's like so much of that anxiety is incredibly egocentric. For sure. Because what you're thinking is, oh my God, everyone's looking at me. Everyone's going to laugh at me. Everyone, And it's like the presumption that you actually are that important or, you know, I mean, nobody really cares. Yeah. Cause they're all <laughs> thinking about themselves. Yeah. You know, we all are. Really. Yeah. 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 And also that once you have had the epic failure, it's like the Bill Hader thing. Once you, you just go out, you get it out of the way and then you go, okay, that didn't hurt so bad. You know, it's fine. It's actually not the big, it's not the bugbear in my mind. It's not this boogeyman that, you know, is going to kill me if I forget my lines or whatever. Um, it's actually just kind of, you know, usually people just kind of move on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have become kind of a big fan in some ways of failing. I guess some of this maybe falls a little bit more into the rejection category, but same online with haters with comments. I, I, freaking love it like it, it it drives my mom nuts but i love it i um i'll leave up comments when when uh, ordinarily people might not um but uh i being a little bit of a spreadsheet freak i actually honestly have spreadsheets of all of my acting submissions and all of my book literary agent submissions just so i can see how many times i have to fail before i eventually accomplish it wow and um so i have this little color coded i've got all these red lines on the acting thing because i think it's so easy for people to see somebody's success in some area and go oh that's awesome you're such a natural at that that's awesome right. and and i <laughs> yeah. i literally want to be able to take this giant screenshot and go look how much red's on there yeah, yeah. and it, when i'm submitting a book somewhere 
I actually have gotten to the point where I don't mind getting a no. I just want to get it really fast so I can go off to the next place, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, because you know, I just look at so many successful people and virtually none of them, you know, got to where they're at without a pile of those failures oh, sure. and projections. Yeah. I mean, if, if I think it probably does happen sometimes, but it's spectacularly rare. Yeah. It's uh, a friend of mine, a drum instructor in the Sacramento area, Mike Johnston, uh, one of his famous phrases is embrace the suck. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's where it's at for me. It's that sort of thing of like just accepting those failures on like that nature side as not necessarily being a bad thing. Um, I think, you know, if you're, if you're fearing that, that failure because of the nurture side, like long before it's, it's a thing that almost always can be bad. Um, but having failure isn't necessarily always a bad thing. And those are the spots you learn. You're not learning anything when like you're succeeding and it's like, rah, everything I touch is gold. That's great. Like, what are you really learning in that process? But when, when all of a sudden you fall on your face for something, you're like, crap. Well, and especially, I mean, I feel like it's important to point out, um, I have, I have a lot of family members who are in medical fields where failure means someone dies or loses a limb or a child or, you know, um, and so I want to be clear that what we're talking about is failure in a creative endeavor or a personal endeavor. You know, I mean, if you're trying to, um, win a long race or a sprint race, or you're trying to write a book or you're trying to make a film or you're trying to record an album or go out on stage and sing a song or whatever, um, obviously (laughs) this blanket, topic that we're talking about, like, Hey man, it's okay. You can just fail. Maybe just go fail and get it out of the way. And then you can enjoy the rest of your, you know, play. Um, probably doesn't necessarily apply if you are, uh, designing a rocket. So, uh, those of you who may be gritting your teeth and saying, yeah, well, sometimes failure has consequences. I would, yes, absolutely. That's true. We're talking about, this is a creativity podcast. Yeah. And I think that's a great distinction to make because all you creatives out there, like the things a lot of us are working on, lives aren't at stake. Yeah. So enjoy take, it. Yeah. Take it easy on yourself and, you know, go, whoops, failed yeah, at that one. Time right? to start over. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have to point this out to people all the time. It's like, uh, if you don't like it, you have the freedom to just change the channel. You know I mean? You can just look if you're, if you're listening to something and I mean, it, it's amazing to me how angry people will get sometimes about, you know, oh my God, I love, I love this song and I love this song, but why did you do this? It's just, uh, you know, I'm like, you're furious about the existence of a piece of music that just doesn't do it for you. There's so many things in life you could actually be angry at, you know? I mean, let's talk about climate change or sex slavery or, I mean, good Lord. Yeah. Spotify has got a skip button, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's right there next to play. It's that easy. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Anyway. We want to take a minute here to just say uh, thank you to Music Millennium. Musicmillennium.com. Bringing this to you. Um, yeah, go visit them at musicmillennium.com, two L's, two N's, and, uh, and check out their picks of the week, check out their new releases, their staff picks. Um, nowadays, with everybody being all vaccinated, you can just walk right into the store if you're here in Portland. Um, but if you're one of those people listening to this elsewhere... Uh, you can just go to musicmillennium.com. And uh, especially when you're celebrating Record Store Day, 
go nuts. Go to musicmillennium.com and support that record store. They support musicians. We got to support them. Yeah. And they're just great people. And you know what? You're not going to find that stuff elsewhere. You got it. Sometimes you actually have to have a real person, not an algorithm, say, you might like this album. <laughs> Music Millennium. So some takeaways on this. I mean, I, I mentioned that idea of trying to reframe, take those jitters that you're feeling and tell yourself that they're actually excitement rather than anxiety. I think another thing is, you know, if you're having, if you feel you're in a pattern of failures, it's to set yourself up for success. Like find a way to set some small goals so that you have small wins, Yeah, you know, like so that I think it's easy to have self-esteem and confidence take a hit um, after a big failure. But if you kind of incrementally start building up some small wins, that confidence kind of comes with it. And then you're a little more willing to take some bigger risks later on. Absolutely. Yeah. Let them guide you. And like the, uh, we were talking about earlier, the, uh, Edison quote of, you know, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways not to do it right. I mean, you can definitely look at anything. I mean, you know, if you, you have to submit a book to a publisher, and if you don't know what you're doing and you do it wrong, you go, oh my God, I was rejected because, you know, I failed. But you, maybe they, you know, you're learning how you're supposed to format it. Oh, maybe it wasn't formatted right. Maybe you need to go on Fiverr and find an editor who can, you know, or something like that. So reframing failures as a learning, you know, yeah, I botched that, but now I know that doing it this way doesn't equal it working. You know, that helps. Um, I think we also touched on kind of the importance emotionally of really making a distinction in your mind between whether what you're afraid of is that you won't achieve this thing, that you won't finish this song, that you won't write this book, that you won't, you know, um, versus that people will not like it. And I would uh, reiterate, I'm going to say this a lot during this podcast, Lots of people are going to hate whatever you do. Just stop worrying about that. Actually, just assume it and know it and move forward saying, oh, yeah, people will hate this, especially in, you know, today's online culture where hating things is a pastime for tons of people. Anything you do, anything you do, any TikTok dance, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, you will get attacked. That's just reality. So, I think being afraid of it is like, it's like being afraid of getting a mosquito bite if you go out backpacking in the woods. Well, just assume that you're going to get a mosquito bite and you'll be fine. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, love the haters. Yeah. <laughs> I love your idea of reframing the failure itself. I, I'm probably butchering this, but I believe it was Nelson Mandela who said, I'm either winning or I'm learning. Oh, that's great. Love it. Yeah. So uh, fail early, fail big. Yeah. Embrace it. Embrace the suck. Thank you.